Welcome. Welcome to the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast, where we cover anything related to behavior change that will increase your long-term wellness and happiness. And now, here are your hosts, personal trainer and RNs, Matt and Jenna Lane. Welcome back, everybody, to the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Jenna. <laughs> Casey Crabtree, if you heard that, I know you laughed with me. Welcome to this here podcast. This podcast is all about implementing behavior change for your long-term wellness and happiness. I'm really excited about today's episode because this is the first episode that we have a video version of the podcast. Hey. If you want to see this podcast, you can go on YouTube at the BTYE podcast on YouTube. Check it out. Jenna, how you feeling over here? I was the first subscriber. By the way. Actually, I think Matt Lane Fitness was the first subscriber, but okay. That's cheating. Not really. You made it. That's true. <laughs> well, at the top of every show, we hit you with our... Gratitude point. And I'm going to make you go first. Oh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so, I guess we haven't uh, said what the title of this podcast is today um and i kind of want to make my gratitude point part of part of that so i guess i should go ahead and say what it's about today do it and that is what i didn't learn in nursing school um so i may be getting ahead of myself in some of the points that i want to make um but something that's recently become very important to me and a big part of my life is um being stronger um, and learning new, teaching my body new movements. Um, and, and I recently subscribed to a new uh, app where I'm doing all kinds of new movements. And actually right now my arms and my legs are quite painful. <laughs> the good kind of painful. It's muscle soreness. Um, but I'm just, I'm grateful that I've learned to appreciate being stronger and have new goals and uh pushing my body to do new things that I didn't even know I could do before or even, you know, watch other people do it and thought, oh, that doesn't look hard. And then you do it yourself and it's very difficult. <laughs> well, you know, as I was, as I was sitting here listening to you, I, I'm thankful for a person today. I'm, I'm thankful for Craig Kahn. So buddy, if you're listening or watching, I'm grateful for you. I love you. Thank you so much. Craig has taught me so much. He's a great friend of mine. We actually went to nursing school together and, um, man, we learned a lot. We failed a lot. And, <laughs> um, I recently went on a bike ride with him and it's just, uh, I love being in his presence. He's an incredible person. I've learned so much. So Craig, I love you. Thank you. Well, Craig, I love you too. Now I look like a bad friend. No, you don't. <laughs> um, yeah. So today's topic is, it's something that it makes total sense to me. And I also want to call out the fit care group. I run a Facebook group. We run it. We run a Facebook group called the fit care group and it's healthcare individuals, healthcare professionals that want to work on their fitness. It's a, it's an environment that I, that I sort of wanted to, to create and make it a hub for people because we all understand and go through the same struggles. So if you're listening, thank you for being here. Um, check it out on YouTube as well. But this one's for you guys. This one's for you. Yeah, and of course we titled it 
what I didn't learn in nursing school because it's specifically that's Matt and I's specific right. profession. Um, but of course, I think most other healthcare professionals are going to be able to find um, some simil- similarities uh, in our conversation. And quite honestly, if you're listening and you aren't part of the fit care group, you aren't a healthcare professional, I think that you can still take away some really good points that we're going to make today about the difference in book learning and physical learning. Thousand percent without a doubt. So that brings us to my first point that I want to make. And I want you to envision um, either your orientation to your current job or maybe Um, your yearly education, that like 30 second clip of the animation, the man picking up a box like far from his body yeah, and with an X over it. And then the person picking up a box close to their body with like a green check mark over it. And that's the entirety of your education of how to lift heavy things. And that is quite inadequate. Well, I mean, the mechanics, I think, for the, the most mechanics, part, for sure. Of sure. course, they're great. Of course, you know, that's correct. You want to, you know, hold something heavy close to your body. But there's, you know, 800 extra steps to that. And, um, you know, with a very physical profession, um, as I think most healthcare professionals, um, there's a, an element of physicality to it, whether you're a physician or a nurse or you know a respiratory therapist or a phlebotomist you know there's there's things that you must do physically to complete your job requirements yeah and that 30 second clip um to check off the box for osha (laughs) education doesn't quite do it justice yeah well not only not only that but that's in a perfect scenario you know the way they put it you know that's and that's very rarely how it actually happens. So I get what you're saying when you're when you're coming from that angle of like, that's not how it happens most of the time. Right. I mean, a lot of workplace injuries happen in chaos or some weird, odd scenario. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it isn't that perfect, like this inanimate box that you're picking up. Um, so, and I... I think I can speak to this personally as far as, you know, the first year that I worked as a nurse, you know, um, I was 21, so I was very able physically to do things, you know, as far as my nursing requirements, but I spent an extraordinary amount of time at the chiropractor Mm -hmm. and having severe back pain. And I even, um, you know, my I don't know how to say it correctly, but my back went out several times that first year. Right. Um, and it was because I wasn't using those body mechanic mechanics correctly. I thought I was lifting the box close to my body, but you're not just lifting boxes. You're, you know, lifting and twisting heavy patients and doing things that are very awkward. And you need that musculature and that muscle m- memory to do these things correctly and not be detrimental to your own health. Well, and not only that, but, you know, when you were 21 years old, you also, you also weren't, you know, strengthening your low back. You weren't stretching your low back. You weren't focused right. on nutrition. You weren't focused on all the things that you guys have heard us talk about that are so pivotal 
to recovery and like just normal activities of daily living. Right. And I think I think that school did a terrible job at truly expressing that. And obviously it's not the fitness community, but I guess what my point is, is that I truly look at it as your responsibility because whatever entity that you work for or whatever school you went to, unless there's schools I don't know about, so by all means, let me know in the comments on YouTube or get at me on social media, but your your job or your school, they don't give a crap about that. That's not their MO to strengthen you later on down the road. So it's so... It's so, again, pivotal for you to take this into your own hands and you have to strengthen your back. You have to right. do all those things. For your own longevity. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, it might seem like a selfish piece, but if you want to keep providing care, if you, you know, you love what you do, you have to be safe to be able to show up and care for these patients. Yeah. So, you know, if you have no interest at all in, you know, being fit or I don't give a crap about nutrition or whatever, look at it from the angle of you're not going to be able to continue to do what you love. Right. Um, and a point that I want to make is that um, when I started working out with you, Matt, several years ago, when I was still working at the bedside, I started doing some squats and, you know, really got a little bit more strength with my quads and realizing one day when I lifted a patient and I felt my quads contract as I'm moving this patient and it seemed so much easier than it had in the past realizing like Uh oh I mean I don't have like bulging massive leg muscles but it just that little bit of exercise that I had done really made a difference and it was all in my legs not my spine moving this patient. Yeah, a thousand percent. So, I mean, overall, I guess what I'm trying to say is the physicality, it was never taught. Right. Absolutely never taught. I mean, that's the big, big piece. And, I, you know, I just, again, I'll harp on it again. I think it's so your responsibility. Um, but then leading into that, I also want to make the point that I really, really feel that nursing school did not prepare us for the emotional roller coaster that is nursing. Yeah, absolutely not. I, I realized so quickly becoming an ICU nurse that, yes, I, I did a lot of nursing type stuff, but a lot of what I did felt like social work. It really did. It really, you know, just communicating to families and the emotional toll that, you know, communication is 70% nonverbal. And, you know, when you mix in powerful attitudes or whatever, the message, the message can be missed, and the message mm-hmm. most of the time is missed. Right. When you have numerous doctors in the pot, I mean, it just, it makes it really, really difficult. So I say all that to say that I feel like communication and the the emotional roller coaster was not truly um, expressed. You yeah. know, yeah, I mean, even in clinicals when we did rounding, you know, wherever, whatever, um, whatever floor you were on, you were just excited to be there. So, of course, you're not going to get that. Right. And, 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 you know, I think that schooling can only do so much. I don't I don't want to demonize school so much. But the fact that it was never even a conversation of, hey, this is this is going to be a really, really high pressure. This is going to be a lot of a lot of I never had one professor ever say that, which I just think it's strange. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and continuing on that thought process of not learning in school about how to 
decompress and learning healthy decompression uh, tactics and, um, you know, not learning these unhealthy uh, coping mechanisms. And I think you can see quite often in healthcare professionals, especially in that high stress environment, yep. that those unhealthy coping mechanisms are quite common. Yeah. Um, and, and they're, you know, they often are things that help you numb quickly. Um, but they aren't healthy long-term for that healthcare professional. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Um, and I'm talking about, okay, let's take the example of, you know, drinking. So that's a, an actual way of numbing, um, to, you know, to turn your brain off, um, to be able to stop the emotions or the stress from work. Um, but those are unhealthy coping mechanisms in yeah. the long run. Well, and you know, so we're hospice nurses. If, if you don't know that, we are hospice nurses. And we see people in one of the worst moments, one of the worst times of their lives. I worked in an ICU setting before this. Jenna worked in a progressive care setting, very high-pressured areas. Um, but even a normal floor can be extremely high pressure. And I just, the, the constant battle, the constant uh, everyday mundane stuff, I think that we just get used to. We just get used yeah. to death. We get used to trauma. We get used to all of the things that we see. And I think it literally creates PTSD. And not to make it sound so dramatic, but it is what it is that, you know, when you become numb to people dying, like if, if you become numb in the role that you're in, it might be time to leave. It's probably time to leave. Yeah. Well, and I think um, there is that desensitization, desensitizing. Desensitizing. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Um, for most healthcare workers, because you got to think the person that you're dealing with, um, whether it's the patient or the family, um, no matter what level of healthcare that you work in, they're in some sort of crisis yeah. because if they're needing healthcare, that means they are not well. Um, so you desensitize yourself to that crisis that they're in because you, once they are out of the picture of you taking care of them, you immediately have to go to the next person and then the next person and then the next person. Um, so you have to turn it off at work. Um, but at some point you got to turn it back on Yeah. Um, and you have to let it go. Yeah. And I think that's the difficult part. Um, and I know I've mentioned this before, but um, learning how to let it go and not bring it in the house with you at night um, or in the morning if you're night shift. Uh, but somehow learning your coping me mechanism to be able to deal with it, talk yourself through it, and then let it go and not bring it home with you. Yeah. And, and it's, that is incredibly difficult. As a new nurse, so you're talking about taking that home. As a new nurse and, oh, hell, I mean, even now, I still have a tough time trying to leave it at work, um, you know, thinking about, all right, what did I, what did I miss? What did I do wrong? What, it, what you know, what could I have done better? Um, and, you know, again, I don't want to demonize the school system. 
Um, well, and I think it's most school system, you're there to learn the book sure, knowledge. Sure, yeah. You know, what the school is there to do is to get you to the certification or license, which says you are at the absolute basic bare minimum requirements to do this role. You know, and when you put that into perspective of, hey, you just barely passed type of thing, or, you know, like the idea of like, you're not a scholar. This just means that you can legally do this. Like it puts it into context for <laughs> right. you, you know? Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Another thing um, that I've struggled with, especially since you, Matt, often can understand where I'm coming from when I come home from work and talk about my day, um, is being able to switch from healthcare professional mode to regular person mode for a lack of a better yeah. term that I can think of off the top of my head. Sure. But to, you know, a, a lot of times because your work family becomes so close knit because you go through all these crises and traumas together, yeah. you become that very close knit group. So you tend to spend time out of outside of work a lot of times together. Right. Um, but then what holds your group together is that trauma. So you continue to just find that similarity, talk about it, um, rather than having something completely different from it. Um, and I think that's been something important that's been difficult for me to learn is to really, to stop talking about it constantly at work, yeah. at home. To harp know, on it. Uh, give yourself a, a time limit of maybe five minutes, talk about your day, and then and then stop thinking about it. Right. Not only not talk about it anymore, but stop thinking about it, move on with your night, with your family. Um, don't spend all your time with your coworkers outside of work. They are often the, the best friends. Um, but try to seek out some people that aren't healthcare professionals or somebody that you don't work directly with so you can't, constantly talk about yep. work and, and you have to talk about something else to get your mind off of it. I think that's a really good release is to, you know, just go do something completely different. Yep. Um, and also try to find a hobby that doesn't have to do with work. Yeah. Um, I know gardening has been something that was a really good release for me when I was working at a job where I loved all of my coworkers, but I, I think I had passed the time where it was time to move on. Right. And so I was really struggling mentally mm -hmm. at work. So coming home and, and gardening and really physically wearing myself out and then learning about gardening and really putting my heart and soul into that really helped me decompress. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and, and something else, I know we talked about this before we got on the podcast, um, as far as healthcare professionals really finding their validation um with accomplishing something and seeing oh, yeah. yeah someone uh seeing their work right in front of them as their validation as a person yeah um and i think that that contributes to a lot of burnout in the healthcare profession because you um especially with short staffing or you know whatever it is that you specifically do um you know, sometimes when you're short staffed, you can't make everybody happy, no matter how, yeah, how much you uh, neglect yourself, yeah, how long you go without eating or drinking or peeing, um, you still can't spread yourself thin enough to make everybody happy. And and I think a lot of times, at the end of the day, you can't find that validation if you find 
your validation as a person yeah. in accomplishing something significant at work. Well, and I feel so silly right now because I definitely had a Matt's ADD moment earlier because that was the point that I was trying to get at, I think, earlier. I think my <laughs> mind just totally went off. But validation, you're a thousand percent right. Yeah. I was talking about how like when I was a new, when a new nurse and even up to the point of now where I'm like, you know, uh, what did I do wrong or what could I have done better? Like there is a point where you real you you will have to realize you can't do everything, you know. Right. That's why there's a different shift that comes on after you, you know. So, yeah, you're a thousand percent right. The validation piece. And then also, like, when I was new, I wondered, God, I don't know crap. Like, I don't know crap. Um, joke's on me because I at times still feel that way. And that just means that you're continuing to learn. Yeah. Um, so if you are a new nurse, I will tell you, you are forever a student in healthcare. Uh, and that's a good thing. Yeah. The worst never, question. Yeah. Never stop being a student. Never no. stop learning. That's when you get stagnant. That's when you become complacent and, and it's time for you to move on. The only stupid question you will ask is the one that you don't ask. So ask, ask, ask. I like that. Yeah. Right. Just came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure someone else ever has said that oh, they, they didn't say it the way I did it so <laughs> it's mine um so I think with the validation piece um perfection can't provide you validation like that can't be you, you can't can set the bar so high that you don't find your validation at work any longer you know if if you're not having that job satisfaction anymore if you're not finding that validation you need to stop and Pick out the small points, the small things that you did do to accomplish during the day or change someone's life during the day. Because no matter where you work, you touch somebody. Yep. When you're at work, you, you touch their lives, you affected them, and you had the potential to provide a long-lasting memory for them. Even if it wasn't anything to do with a, the certification that you hold, it might just be a conversation that you had or an encouraging moment yeah. or a compliment you paid to a family member. That's long lasting and that's where you need to find your validation not i got everything done on my checklist today yeah and you can really speak to that perfection piece which i think you've yes. definitely gotten better at yes when i've it comes had to, to work. i've had to just to rein it back learn to let it go and i still struggle with that on a daily basis because where i find my validation is in checking all of those boxes on my checklist yeah. and it it, I fall asleep at night thinking about that one box that didn't get checked mm -hmm. and um, I get lost in that where I would rather just be able to work, work myself to death and check all those boxes so I can stop thinking about it. But um, you, you wear yourself out a lot faster doing that. So I want to speak on to that, that there's no way you're going to be perfect all the time. It's, it's, it's impossible. So you have to you have to bring that back and realize: is the patient safe? You know, is, is the patient dying? Is it you know? Is it because of you? If the patient is safe, at the end of the day, you have done the utmost important job. Yeah. That you're supposed to do. Yeah. Okay. So the the charting and the rest of it and all those other pieces that's going to come. So don't beat yourself up over it. Yeah. Another Matt's ADD moment in nursing school because uh, Jenna went and got her bachelor's. Technically, she's smarter than I am. How much were you? How much education did you, were you taught with nutrition? 
my personal nutrition? No, I'm talking about nursing school. What did they teach you about nutrition for patients? Um, it was a one credit class uh, my sophomore year. What was it called? Do you remember what it's called? You make it nutrition. Oh, well, that's okay. Groundbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> what, like, do you, can you recall that class and like how impactful it was? Or I mean, it was a one hour a week class. Um, so you're definitely not thinking that. Oh my gosh, it made such an impact. Right. Okay, got it. Craig, um, I hope you can chime in here, buddy. I don't even think we had a nutrition class. I'm serious. Yeah, I think you had, because I remember you doing some... Prerequisites. I had some prerequisites to get into mm -hmm. nursing school for nutrition, but we did not have nutrition yeah. in nursing school. Meaning, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm flustered right now just at the thought of this, that such a basic thing yeah. is not taught in nursing school. So, and I think the biggest point of this podcast is saying that the basics that we talk about or preach all the time in fitness is not taught in nursing school. The, the, the fitness realm or anything even related to fitness or just wellness, it's not taught in healthcare. And I just don't understand it. I don't get it. You know, we're in a business of treating symptoms um, and school just never taught us the, the basics of nutrition. And that's why I just think that all of these pieces that we've been talking about is it's your responsibility. If you if you want to take this responsibility and make your life better, I think it's in your hands. And I, again, I say this not to demonize the healthcare system. I am not pointing the finger and saying, well, you didn't do it, so I'm dumb. It's my responsibility. You know, I, I mean... Right, it's everyone's responsibility. It's everyone's responsibility. It's not to, just for you as an individual, as a healthcare provider, but it's also important for you because you're an educator. If you if you come in contact with patients, you have a responsibility in in, in some form or fashion for education. Absolutely. Um, and if you don't know how to um, do things physically. Or nutritionally, how are you going to educate the, the population that you're supposed to be serving? No, I truly believe that it's your responsibility as a healthcare professional to keep yourself healthy. I, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's me being idealistic, but the amount of, of healthcare individuals that I've met that are unbelievably unhealthy, that are just either visually or mentally or whatever it is, unhealthy... I just, I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think we're hip, I think that we are hypocrites in healthcare if we are not healthy. Yeah. I mean, it is difficult to listen to nutritional advice from someone who clearly doesn't follow it. I will never, for, I will never forget. It was probably, I was working in the ICU at the time and there was a doctor that came in and I did not know that. I, I, I think he was, like a traveling doctor or something like that. Um, so it's, it's definitely not somebody that you know, but he was morbidly obese and I was walking by my patient's room. He was speaking to my patient and he was lecturing my patient about their weight. And I just wanted to physically harm him in, <laughs> in the amount of ignorance that I saw in that. Yeah. So, ugh. Yeah, and so topic jump uh, back to Jenna's ADD moment. First one of the show, folks. Well, 
It's your ADD that's got us off. That's okay. Topic. We're not off topic. We're still on topic. <laughs> but, you know, something else that I wanted to make a point of is the negative attitude um, really being infectious yeah. uh, among healthcare workers. And I hear it, uh, it. So in the role that I have now, I'm in multiple hospitals, even in the same day, I, I see many, many nurses, many nurses stations. And a commonality is complaining, just sitting there and complaining about your coworkers, about the job, about your patients, about your spouse, about your kids. It's complaining and it's negative and it's infectious. And first of all, um, if you're complaining about not having enough time to get your job done, um, my question often is what could you be doing in the time that you're sitting here complaining? Yeah. Um, and I know sometimes you need to stop and just have a mental break, but I don't think that's a a healthy type of mental break is to sit and complain for a minute. No. Um, but then you also bring your coworkers down. Um, you have that negative thoughts that you carry into your patient's rooms. You have those negative thoughts that you carry home with you. It's very infectious. Yeah. And like Um, we've been involved with it. Like, yeah, like I've been sucked into that vortex. Yeah. We've both struggled with that because especially both being healthcare workers, we bring it home with us and then we're negative at home. Um, and, and that's a, that's a tough, that's a relationship killer, you know? And so that negativity you're bringing home with you, not just, you know, the, the crisis that you had at work and, and the emotional baggage, you're also bringing the negativity home with you. So I think it's really important um, just getting back to that subject of, um, you know, uh, common issues that uh, that we both see in the healthcare profession is really just that rampant negativity um, that's just so infectious. Yeah. Um, and it's difficult to get away from. Um, and, and I'm not really sure what the, the fix is other than, you know, it starts with one person. I think it's overwhelming. I think it's overwhelming positivity is the fix. Yeah. I think that it starts, like you just yeah. said, it starts with one person. Yeah, just, and just like the negative starts with one person and, and it bleeds to everyone else, yep. it has to start with you. So yeah. be the difference. Yeah. And I think something that um, I've been really thinking about, Matt, you just started with the Fit Care group on Facebook is giving, uh, I think it's one challenge a week. Yeah. And it's actually like positive challenges. Yeah. Um, and it's something that uh, I've really started doing in my own practice as someone who comes into a patient's room in a crisis as an outsider who often the family is very much dreading me coming to see them sure. um, is immediately breaking the ice with um, a compliment or, you know, finding a commonality with them. And it's really you build a rapport. Yeah. And and it breaks that negativity you know like even uh if i compliment another nurse you know you're not expecting that because most people aren't trying to compliment someone or um, say something nice and i think that's important to give yourself if you're not part of the fit care group give yourself a challenge of you know doing something positive or something genuine or just nice and not even just for patients and families but for your own coworkers. yeah um because as much as you feel stressed and down on yourself and overwhelmed all your coworkers feel the same way yeah um, so I, I think it's something that 
might take your coworker back the first time you do it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, tell them how thankful you are that they helped you lift a patient or that they, you know, gave a medication while you were trying to take a lunch break. Yeah. Um, you know, start that positivity cycle, you know, stop the negativity. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Well, and before we wrap things up here, if you are a healthcare individual, if you are a healthcare professional, please look us up, the Fit Care Group. Um, Jenna and I uh, screen if you are a healthcare individual or not, and we are more than welcome more than welcome. We are more than willing uh, to have you in. Uh, we want to, we want to make the tribe bigger. So come on down. Um, yeah. So I think in, in wrapping up, sorry, I just no, 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 it's okay. Go interjected. ahead. No. But you know, self-education is so important. There it is. You, you didn't learn everything that you need to know when you were in school. There, It's not possible. Exactly. So there's nothing wrong with nursing school or whatever profession you have. Yeah. But the point is self-education is pivotal to your long-term happiness and wellness. <laughs> um, physical education, nutrition education, yep. um, mental education. It I mean, all boils it, it's back all down there. to fitness. Those, those are all the things that we covered. Yeah. Um, and it's something that we cover in just about every episode. Yeah. It, it's just today just happens to be specifically to the medical profession. And I feel like like we had to make it a sexy topic. Okay. So it had to look dramatic for you to click on it. So I hope I'm, <laughs> I'm glad it worked. But uh, it's the truth that it, it boils back down to the basics always. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like we harp on the same things, but it's because it works. It's because we've experienced it and we can report that it works. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. We truly appreciate it. If you are watching the podcast, thank you. This is the first video that we have done and we're super excited about it. The video is going to get better. Uh, we're toying with some things. We got some new equipment and all that, but this has been fun. I've really enjoyed this. This has really yep. made us sort of be more aware of our facial expressions and uh, yeah, it's, it's just I'm been sure. different, you know? Welcome to our dining room yeah, right. uh, slash podcast studio. <laughs> I didn't say it at the top of the show. Before we go, if you leave a review on iTunes, an honest review, so if you think this podcast sucks, I want you to tell us. If you leave this review uh, on iTunes for an, up until October 16th of 2019 and drop me a line at mattlanefitness at gmail.com, I'm going to send you a BTYE podcast t-shirt for free. We re- we really, really appreciate reviews. They are the light. They are the light. I cannot speak. They are the lifeblood of a podcast. So thank you guys so much. The feedback we've had on the podcast is just, it's truly remarkable. Yeah. Those of you who have left comments, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously. It's been overwhelming, um, to even see that more than, you know, a couple of people have downloaded and listened to the podcast. It's overwhelming. It really is. Uh, Thank you all for your feedback. And also I want to say, if you have a better than yesterday, everyday t-shirt, Please send me a photo of it, and I will po- I will repost it on social media. I really appreciate it. This was a good one. This one, uh, I th- this was this was so cool in implementing the video element. I'm gonna stop rambling. Jenna, you got any more things to say before we hang this bad boy up? I think that's it, guys. We will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for being here. This has been the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast. We want to thank you for listening and invite you to subscribe to the show as well and follow Matt Lane Fitness on YouTube. Until next time, you don't have to be perfect. Just be better than yesterday every day.